It's now less than a hundred days until World Youth Day, which will take place in Lisbon, Portugal from August 1 to the 6th. And so I am thinking about Fatima. I'm also thinking about Fatima because May is when the Fatima apparitions began on May 13th, 1917. Fatima is one of the most significant apparitions of the Virgin Mary. It took place in the town of Fatima, Portugal. There were six apparitions between May 13th and October 13th, 1917. On these six occasions, Mary appeared to three shepherd children, Francisco and his sister Jacinta Marto, and their cousin Lucia dos Santos. During the apparitions, Mary told the children to pray the rosary each day to bring peace to the world and to bring an end to the war. She asked them to pray for the conversion of Russia, to do penance, and told them that God wanted the world to have a devotion to her Immaculate Heart. Mary also asked for the consecration of Russia to her Immaculate Heart. This consecration was made in 1952 and then again in 1984. Pope Francis again consecrated Russia in March 2022. This month of May, let's pray for peace, for Russia and Ukraine, and for all the young people headed to World Youth Day in Lisbon this year. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this is the Salt and Light Hour. Hello and welcome to another all-new Salt and Light Hour. I'm Deacon Pedro, and sitting here with me is my good friend, Damien O'Connor. Damien, welcome back to the program. Thank you so much, Deacon. So, so how's, how's Easter been going for you? Is it still going on? I think I, it well, is, You know, right? people forget it's 50 days. It is. <laughs> 50 days. We're still in the, in the thicket. We're, we're about halfway. It is going very well, and uh, I feel very, very blessed. Are you, you're, you're the kind of guy, uh, maybe this is like a comment uh, about the Knights of Columbus, but it's not a negative. It's going to come out negative, but it's not negative. Here we so go. You're always planning, like it's Easter, but you're already thinking about August. That's true. Is we that have it? To our, yeah. There's yeah. a constant cycle of things we just try to stay on top of, but that's a good point. But it's important to also stay grounded in it's still Easter. It's so we need still to keep Easter. celebrating. Yeah. And, and we are an Easter people. And out is our song. Every day is Easter. August is Easter. Okay, so um, Damien, today Billy, Billy Chan will be here with us. Billy has a segment called Church for Dummies, and he always has some question. He, he um, hangs around with a lot of people who are not Catholic. Mm. And they're always asking him, but like the basic questions, like we're sometimes thinking about really complicated questions about transubstantiation or about the Holy Trinity. Mm-hmm. He's getting questions like, if I can't go to mass, like, what do I do? Um, or, you know, just basic things that we don't think about, I guess we take it for granted. So um, he's going to be here uh, in about five minutes to have, a, and apparently I never know what question he has, but it's a question about the mass. That's all he's given me. So that's in about five minutes after our first song, Church for Dummies with Billy Chan, um, something about the mass. And then uh, you're back, Damien, with Into the Breach, and uh, you're going to tell us about something important. Yeah, I'm going to start with a question. When did Jesus stop being enough? I want to look Ooh. at for a few minutes, you know, all these other things we worry about and focus on rather than focusing on Christ first. So we'll start with that. 
All right, that sounds very Eastery. Uh, <laughs> okay, so that's into the breach with uh, my brother, Knight of Columbus, Damian O'Connor, in about fifteen minutes, and then in our second half hour. So, um, a few years ago, I met uh, an author. He's Canadian, Jared Brock, who had writ written a book called "Bearded Gospel Men." That's a good book for Into the Breach. Um, Bearded Gospel Men, um, and he had also written a book called "A Year of Living Prayerfully." Jared has a new book and it's called, ah, this kind of sort of goes with what you want to talk about in your segment. The book is mm -hmm. called A God Named Josh, mm. Uncovering the Human Life of Jesus. So it's all about just thinking about Jesus. I mean, not to deny his divinity, but like sometimes we forget that he's a human being. He was mm -hmm. human. He had to go grocery shopping or had to go to the market, <laughs> had to pay bills. Um, uh, lived in a family, right? So, so that's his book, A God Named Josh, Uncovering the Human Life of Jesus. So we're going to be speaking with uh, Jared Brock about that in about 25 minutes. And then at the end of the show, we have a singer-songwriter, as we always do. Um, we're going to be reconnecting with Ali Aliyah. She mm -hmm. is a singer-songwriter from Wisconsin. You're saying, mm-hmm, like you know who she is. Um, she, Shouldn't I do that? Well, yeah, you should. But and I was gonna say, if you do know who she is, that's great. Ali does. You might know who she is because she actually does a lot of uh, of her ministry with Father Mike Schmitz. Ah, of course, yes. In uh, wherever he is, Minneapolis, Minnesota, Wisconsin. I think she's from Wisconsin, uh, Midwest somewhere. Uh, she's been on the program a few times, uh, and uh, of course, she's uh, got some new music, and she's working on some new projects, and she's actually going on a pilgrimage to the Holy Land with Father Mike Schmitz and Jeff oh, Cavins. great. Wonderful. Yeah, she, she does the pilgrimages, so uh, she's going to tell us all about that, lots to catch up with her. So that's uh, Ali Alia, singer-songwriter, in uh, about 40 minutes at the end of the program. And a reminder to our uh, listeners, if you're not going to be around and you want to listen to the whole show, just go to our website, slmedia.org slash podcast. Uh, you can also subscribe to the Salt and Light Hour podcast on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts, just like Damien O'Connor does, because he's a podcast. You don't listen to podcasts, do you? I listen. No, I don't. Do you, not no, you too don't. many. Okay, good. Yeah, neither do I. But I'm a radio guy. Like I, like I love listening to the radio. I drive a lot, so I love to listen to the, the radio. I think I'd, I'm just getting old. I think I, if I was younger, maybe I would. I don't know. Yeah, well, no. <laughs> I like I, peace and quiet in the car when I drive home. Oh, really? Yeah, I do. Yeah, a little rosary, maybe. Sure. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm. Uh, that's when I catch up with the news and what's happening in the world. But I, I don't know about podcasts. But our podcast is very good. The Salt and <laughs> Light Hour catholic podcast anywhere you get your podcast anyway let's uh, let's start let's start with a song here is ali alia with her new single solstice tell me something like why the grass always a dream on the far side of the mountain where the sun seems to shine
That was Ali Aliyah with her new single, Solstice. And we're going to be speaking with Ali Aliyah at the end of the program, so I hope that you will all be around for that. And now it's time for... Church for Dummies! With Billy Chan. Billy, it's so good to see you. So good to see you. You have a, you have a question about, about going to Mass. Yes, again, right? You know, Again, all the like... questions are about going to Mass. <laughs> no, I think everyone is looking for... Uh, if I should do that and how should I do that blah 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 in Catholicism there's a lot of rules yes but you know I just want to simplify things here um so uh during the pandemic again the pandemic but you know nowadays there's a lot of getting a lot of people getting cold also a lot of people getting COVID again yeah they just take it like a cold or like um simple stuff but they but it's, it's tough for them to if they're sick it's tough for them to physically attend mass, just like uh, before, right? Yep. Uh, one thing. The other thing is, you know, a lot of people going to travel, right? Mm-hmm. Like yep. going on a cruise and blah, yes. blah, blah. So this is the old question, but, you know, a lot of people really want to know that. Um, so, uh, like, if we cannot really find a place to uh to to attend mass mm-hmm. so there's no mass at all around the city or right. around on the, around the sea on the ocean in the ocean right yes. so um what should we do if we tried all the possibility to attend okay. mass but we cannot yeah okay so that's a good question and so you're referring to the to the sunday what we we call the sunday obligation so it is Correct. canon law and it's the teaching of the church is that we are obliged we have an obligation to attend mass on sunday to participate at mass on sunday yes okay obviously if you're not able to attend because you're sick or because uh uh, you know, especially during the pandemic or around some people, they weren't sick, but they were concerned about getting sick if they were immunocompromised or they lived with an elderly parent or a grandparent. So, so, so that's why there was a dispensation. Um, so those are all valid excuses. If you have to work, some people have to work 
and mm-hmm. and there are there are reasons why people should ha- should work or could work or have to work on a Sunday or even some people I know that they work Saturday night and then they're working super early Sunday all day Sunday they're not able to make it to mass so those are all reasons uh, why why we would be excused from attending mass if you're traveling as you said that's another another good a, a good reason sometimes. Um, you're in a country where, you know, if you're traveling in North America, there's really no excuse. There's mass everywhere in Latin America. There's mass everywhere. If you're in Italy, I'm sure you can find a mass. You can uh, find mass in Japan. Like no, me. In most places, you should be able to find a mass, even on a cruise ship. Most cruise ships have chaplains and, and, uh, and a lot of those chaplains are Catholic priests. They offer mass. I think that's pretty standard. So, but it's possible that you might be somewhere where, it's too far to drive or, or, or uh, it's, it's happened to me where I actually find a church and I arrive and I had the wrong time oh, and oh, yeah. I missed mass. So what to do? First of all, don't beat yourself up. It's not, it's not the end of the world. Okay. okay. So even though uh, purposely and consciously missing mass is considered mortal sin, it mm-hmm. is mortal sin. It, there's, it's a grave sin. Mm-hmm. But if you didn't know, or you made a mistake, or you have to work, or if you're sick, or you want to, you need to stay with your uh, someone else who is sick. Those are all valid. Don't you, it's you don't. It's okay. You don't mm-hmm. beat yourself up. So that's the first thing. Second, if you're able to to tune into mass like we did during the pandemic, watch it online. Um, again, that's that's available everywhere. If if you don't have to watch your own parish online, you can watch the diocesan mass, or you can tune into uh, Bishop Robert Barron's mass online, <laughs> or Father Rob Gallia. Everybody's got mass on TV or online. So that's one way to to, to actually try to be in communion with the with the rest of the church. Um, if you don't have internet or you don't have a TV, you could you could do the readings. The, mm. the Sunday reading so that you're actually uh, getting a little bit of 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 uh, nourishment through the word yep. but also doing it in communion with the with the rest of the church who are also listening to the same readings mm. um, and then you can do a spiritual communion um, our our former archbishop in Toronto Cardinal Collins used to say that um, you know you can just point yourself point yourself wherever you think there's a tabernacle if you if you ah. if you're in a, if your house and you think that there's a church over there even if it's even if it's a hundred kilometers away kind of point yourself in that direction <laughs> you don't have to but that's an, an interesting physical way that you can uh, that you can uh, try to be in communion and then the prayer of, of spiritual communion that i think everybody's familiar with now because of the pandemic um, you can say the official prayer. You can say any prayer. Jesus, come into my heart. I'm not able to receive you physically right now, but I ask you to come into my heart. So, um, I mean, you don't have to mm-hmm. oh. do any of those things if you can't attend Mass. But if if you can, I think that those are little things that we can do because the obligation is to attend Mass on Sunday or to participate at a Mass on Sunday, but also to to take the day of rest. So to take time during the day, to make time for God, to make time for family and to rest. So th- these are different ways that you can do it. The obligation is not to go to Mass during the week, but if you're if you consistently work weekends or you're traveling and you can not make to Mass, but you can go on Monday. That's something else that you can do. I think that it's, you know, it doesn't replace the Sunday liturgy, but it is something that we can do um, in place because we were not able to attend. Um, yeah. So I think we need to basically um, just remember that we cannot use daily mass to make up for 
does no, Sunday you, you can't. You 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 can't. But uh, again, if you work Saturday Sundays mm, and you yeah. have twelve hour shifts, then then yes, it's totally appropriate to 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 then not as a not as a substitution, but to but to to make it to mass on Monday or Wednesday, and at least you're still receiving communion. I um, see. Yeah. So I think you know. Let's say if you go traveling, and I think you should actually prepare it like a little bit ahead, right? Yeah, if you, you should. That if you know that you're going to travel, and you know that yes. you may not be able to attend mass, you know, prepare the reading. You know, just photocopy something, uh, yes. print it out from your printers. You know, yeah. Or you download the app yes. on your cell phone, and you can uh, read that. Right. Very good Things advice. Like just yes. prepare for yes. it, right? Yeah. So. This another another like quick uh, question here is if a person living in a senior house or rehab, you know they 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 have no connection with the yeah. local parish. Yes. Okay. Or they they used to have, but you know they they need to go to a very far away re- rehab center. Yes. Yes. All places. Yes. And what can the seniors person do? Uh, they want to have some kind of connection with. The mass and 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 different things. Again, I would say it's the same thing as if someone was in the hospital or, or if they were sick. So it's the same. So so those people are are dispensed from the obligation because they mm. it's it's beyond their control. Now a lot of seniors' homes have chaplains or ministers of communion. They have connection with the Catholic Church, where where communion is brought. Maybe they don't bring them communion on Sunday, but they bring a communion on Wednesday. That's still oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and usually, when communion is brought, there's some sort of little liturgy there. Um, in a lot of seniors' homes, uh, they would offer that on a Sunday. Um, I'm gonna, and I would say the same thing about a rehab center. If it's a secular place, again, if there's nothing you can do, there's nothing you can do. But in、mm. the same way as you suggested, Billy, that you know to prepare to get the readings. If you have internet, you can follow the readings. You can watch mass online. Most of these places will have TV, and you should be able to to find something. And a lot of these places also have chaplains. If they don't, or if you don't know about it, and you're in, in a hospital, happens in hospitals where it, you just ask the nurses,、mm. no, just say, hey, I'm Catholic or I'm a Christian, and I'd like to see a chaplain. I'd like to see someone. I'd like to receive communion, and and they're they're they know how to do that. They're familiar with that, so they should be able to help you. Thank you very much. I think those are questions、uh, for a lot、very、of people who are staying home and want to know. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Billy. Billy Chan always asking good questions. You can follow him at B Joe Chan. Hi, this is Kate Clarity, and you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. Salt and Light TV is available on Roku and Amazon Fire. You can go to esomedia.org/plus to find out how to subscribe. And now it's time for Into the Breach with Damian O'Connor. You're laughing at me, Damian, because I'm still trying to be cool and with my deep voice. Into the breach. You're very cool. Into the breach. I'm, but I just don't have a deep voice. <laughs> so why don't we just forget about that and talk about? You have a question. I do. First of all, it's so great to be back. But I've been thinking a lot lately about. You know, we're all very busy. You、mm-hmm. are. I am. And we've got all, all these different things going on, especially at work, projects, initiatives, so on and so forth. And then I started realizing, 
uh, and I got a little frustrated with this, but I've been sharing it in some recent talks. And my question is this, and I, and I kind of want everyone to struggle with this a little bit. When did Jesus stop being enough? In other words, we get super busy with projects and other things that we're working on, mm. but we're not starting with prayer necessarily. We're not starting with the intentionality about, well, we have to grow closer to Christ through this process or help others to do that. Mm -hmm. And I think we stopped um, realizing that Jesus is enough when we started kind of going by the rules of secular society. You know, there's okay. so many things that secular society says, we well, got to worry about this, got to worry about that. And it's often a distraction. Mm -hmm. And I think we realize, we think about prayer with our Lord and say, you know, that's nice, but I have some other really important things to do. And I think we're kind of missing the boat somewhere along the way. We realize he's not enough. We should do all these other things mm -hmm. when uh, he doesn't need us. We desperately need him. And so I've been sharing that in some recent talks and it's resonating with some people because we're all kind of fall into this muck of the rules of secular society. And we need to separate ourselves from that as much as much as we can. Yeah. Do you do you mean because I can think of two ways? Do you mean that we we think that Jesus is not enough for like day to day living? So like I need to have a bank account. I need to plan my investments. I need to obviously have a job. Things like that. Mm -hmm. And also, do you mean Jesus is not enough? I need to be praying the rosary, doing the Divine Mercy Chaplet, going to adoration. Like there's all these other things that we busy ourselves with to help our faith instead of just focusing on on the on the fundamental, I guess. Sure. You mean, so it's both? I think it's both. I think it's, it's yes to both. Yeah. Uh, I think that my bank, you know, from my bank account to my job, to my car, all these little things, you don't, don't sound religious, right? They don't sound like they're of God, mm -hmm. but um, if not of God, I would, I would be, I'm powerless without him. So whether it's my bank account, maybe I'm worried about bills that are coming up. Well, that mm -hmm. it's an opportunity to surrender all of that to God, right. you know? So, He's not just for praying the rosary. He's to surrender our lives to. Now, it's especially as a man, it's hard for me to do that because I want to control right. and fix things. And God's laughing and just waiting till I'm done and yeah. says, you know, I have a better plan for you, but you have yes. to let me do that. You know, you have to, he won't force himself on us. We have to let him in, you know, and you mentioned the rosary and it's a, I love praying the rosary, but we also have to spend time in adoration because if we're with God, it's a conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you pray the rosary, you're kind of speaking, mm -hmm. but in adoration, you should be listening. Yeah, but I also find that even with adoration, it's like I feel for a lot of people, it's something that we that we have to do. Like I have mm. to do this. Like, what are all the things? And maybe that's that's. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned how this might be more of a problem for men. I, I actually don't know. I think a lot of women are also very busy, probably mm -hmm. in in ways that men cannot be. Um, uh, but, but you're right that men, not only we want to control, but we want to have all the answers, all the solutions. Like I can fix this. There's this issue. I want to fix it. So surrendering to someone else to higher power is difficult. Um, so we want to do, so it's like, what do I, I have to do adoration? And when I'm sitting there in front of the blessed sacrament, what do I have to do? What do I have to say? What do I, even if when I'm listening, it's like, okay, I, I have to do the listen. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, um and it's, and if you're not used to that kind of silence, yes, and I'm, it's hard. I'm guilty of this. It almost sounds loud, it, yeah. it, the silence. Yes. It really does. And then it kind of goes away after a while. And all, all Christ is saying is, come to me. Yes. Or bring others to me. Trust in me that I will take care of this. But you must, we have to surrender it. And it's hard to do that. 
So how Especially do you, when it's a really tough issue you might be dealing with. It is, it is. And, and I, and I know that, I mean, I'm one where it's very hard to be silent. There's always a million things inside my head and I just offer as things pop up, I just offer them and try to, um, but I don't know if I can ever clear my head. Mm. Um, do you have any tips for people like who are struggling with finding that silence? Well, I don't know if it's a tip, but it's just something that I, that I do. And I, I a hundred percent agree with you too many things going on in my head. Yeah. So if yeah. I'm in adoration, for example, I just keep surrendering those things. Mm. And I always find that the evil one shoots stuff in your head, like the people that annoy you or yeah. the situations that are frustrating. So, and so, you, you, so, so my, my image keeps popping up in your head. Yeah. I didn't want to bring that up, but the, <laughs> let's, let's, let's stay focused. No, <laughs> no but I, I do. I take those situations and I say, Lord, I just give it to you. Even though I might feel angry or frustrated, I still, I surrender it to him. And I have to say, he always responds, mm -hmm. always. And it may not be during adoration, but suddenly a situation that was beyond what I could understand, beyond comprehension, how is this going to work out? He, he just blesses it. And then, but I have to give it to him first. Yeah. You know? And that's difficult too, because I was going to ask you for another tip. How do you, so what do you tell that, that guy who's listening, who is so used to fixing things, to, to controlling things, to having all the answers, because as men, like we have to provide and we have to take care to say to him, because it's not easy to just surrender mm -hmm. it, let it go. So is it as easy as saying, Jesus, take this and help me surrender? Or, or, or is there anything else? See, I'm asking you for what we can do. <laughs> yeah. To, well, to I mean, surrender. I guess not to sound sarcastic, but if he said those things, I'd say, you know, if he's used to being in control, as am I, I'd say, well, how's that working out for you? Uh, because yeah, it sounds sarcastic and I don't mean it to be. Yeah. But really, I mean, my answer would be, honestly, not that great. You know, right. some days it's great. Some days it's not so great. And I, yeah. I've learned that I become powerful through my powerlessness. In other words, by surrendering everything to God, mm -hmm. you know, we, we tend to think that God doesn't give you more than you can handle. And I really actually hate that line. Most people love it. Right. It makes us feel better. I think everything's more than we can handle. I yeah. think everything is, we've just gotten good at a bunch of stuff. So we only use God here, maybe there. And I think I'm powerless without him. So everything's got to be surrendered to him. Right, exactly. And put him first. So you're not saying don't have a bank account, don't plan for the future, don't go to the doctor. You're saying start with Jesus, put him first, seek ye first the kingdom of God, and everything else will fall into place. That's what you're saying. In God, through, right, through, through God's plan. So we may not like what he, how he responds, but if I go to the doctor for a serious issue, I'm praying to God prior to going. And yeah. I pray for the doctor, the nurses, all of that. Just give mm -hmm. it to him. Yeah, surrender. Okay, so surrendering. When did Jesus stop being enough? The answer should be never. Correct. That's correct. <laughs> All right. And that means surrendering. All right, Damien, thank you. That's good advice, not just for men, but for everyone listening. Mm -hmm. um, thank you for sharing that with us today. Thank you for having me. Damien O'Connor, he's the Vice President Evangelization and Faith Formation for the Knights of Columbus. You can learn more at kofc.org. Coming up in our second half hour, a God named Josh, and we reconnect with singer-songwriter Ali Aliyah, so stay tuned. Hello and welcome to the Salt and Light Hour Part 2. I'm Deacon Pedro. 
I think it's fair to say that most of us mostly think of Jesus as God. We think of his divinity. Maybe we're not as comfortable with the idea of his humanity, with the idea that Jesus laughs, cries, gets angry, cracks jokes, loves to eat, breaks up fights. Did you ever think that Jesus had to worry about what to wear and what to eat? What was his daily schedule? Did he have to pay bills? All those questions are addressed in Jared Brock's newest book, A God Named Josh, Uncovering the Human Life of Jesus Christ. To find out more, recently I spoke with Jared Brock. Jay, welcome back to the program. It's good to see you. And you as well. This is our first time actually seeing each other on Zoom. It so is actually, absolutely. It is. Um, so why did you, why did you want to write this book? Well, it actually started in our kitchen. My wife and I were making Mexican food and I was tossing beans in jalapenos and lime. And she just looked at them with a wrinkled nose and was like, I wonder how often Jesus farted. And we just descended into a fit of giggles. And, but then it just kind of got us thinking like, man, like, you know, Jesus, as Christians, we believe he's fully man and fully God. So yeah, like, how did he make his money? And how many miles did he walk in his lifetime? And was he really a wood carpenter? And it just kind of led us down this this uh, rabbit trail to rediscover the human side of Jesus Christ. So was it something that you, or at least in the the, the circles that you, um, where 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 you where you roam, or the people that you know, that it's not something that people sort of think about often? Jesus it is humanity. really isn't Pedro. Yeah, like I, I grew up in a tradition where you really stress Jesus' divinity and his godhood, which is mm -hmm. great, obviously, but his economics, his philosophy, his Jewishness. And so everything was so pie in the sky, uh, you know, heaven focused that we kind of forgot about earth. Um, what were some surprising things that you discovered in working on the book? Well, like, I mean, the first one is that Jesus's name isn't actually Jesus. His name was Yehoshua ben Yehoshef, which is Joshua, son of Joseph. If he yeah. was born today, we would call him Josh Josephson. Yeah. But, uh, it, you know, it's a pretty, it, there's no conspiracy theory about how he ended up with the name Jesus. We went from Yehoshua in Hebrew to Yeshua in Aramaic. And then we came through Greek and uh, Latin, Jesus, into Jesus in English. So, you know, Jesus, I don't think would be mad if you called him Jesus today. But if he was born today, we'd probably call him Josh. Yeah, exactly. What else? Anything else? Yeah. So another thing was just this idea that Jesus was a wood carpenter. It's really romantic to kind of picture Jesus working alone with wood and then later getting crucified on a wooden cross. But there's actually a Greek term specifically for wood carpenters, and that's never applied to Jesus. He's always given the general term craftsman. And Jesus almost never mentions wood in his parables and his teachings. In fact, there just isn't that much wood in Israel at the time. They actually have to import carpenters to teach the Jews how to how to even work with wood in Solomon's day. And But what's really interesting is Jesus mentions rocks a lot and stones and firm foundations and cornerstones and wine presses and millstones and towers and gates. He's always mentioning rocks. I wonder if maybe Jesus was more of a general craftsman and maybe this idea that he was a wood carpenter is is probably a little too uh a little too specific yeah why do you think I mean I think I I, I know why we tend to sort of grab onto the divinity of Jesus more more so than the humanity um 
why is it important to not do that? Or to at least, I mean, we believe that he is fully human and fully divine. Um, why is it important to to remember that he was human and that he went through things that we all go through? Well, like, I mean, I think that's a huge part of it. It's just this understanding that, you know, no temptation that we've ever faced. It's mm. not like Jesus didn't face those same things, too. He has solidarity. We have solidarity with him and vice versa, which I I am just so grateful that he that he sent himself to to do that for us. It also helps us understand the context in which he lived a lot better um when we look at his economics and his politics and his philosophy um we realize that it applies to the here and now that it's not just you know mark said that religion is the opioid of the masses right that's just not the case in jesus's teaching it has real impacts on how the rich get to use their power and their money and has real impacts on what we believe philosophically and politically. So, yeah, I just I would hate for us to miss any of the kingdom of God in the here and now because we're so busy focused on the streets of gold. Yeah, that's interesting because I I think that most people would think that focusing on his divinity is what's going to help us get the theology behind the stories, but what you're saying is that focusing on the humanity can also help us understand the theology at a deeper level. Um and I'm glad you mentioned his philosophy and his or the politics or the economics, because you've kind of structured it makes sense to me that you we focus on the you know the infant Josh, the child Josh, the rabbi, but then you go into like the philosophical and the economic. And why did you focus on those particular um categories? Well, it, like I mean, I don't know if you've noticed this, but our world, especially since the invention of social media, has gone like hyper political. Mm. And so it's kind of important, you know, Paul politics comes from the from the greek word polis like the city the city state and jesus loves people and so christians need to talk about politics we need to talk about anything that's going to involve people who are created in the image of god that, that jesus loves and so jesus you know he is to be very clear he is not an economist he is not a philosopher he is not a politician that's not why he's here however he has beautiful things that are political and he has beautiful philosophy and economics like i'm i'm going to be unpacking jesus's economics for years they are so beautiful and they're so countercultural in our money hungry age like we live in we live in the age of mammon worship and jesus is really clear that that money is actually a rival god for our affection um i was going to ask you to, to talk a little bit more about that because i think that most people do not think about the economy of jesus although you're right he talked about money a lot so can you give us maybe a more concrete example yeah so the bible talks about money more than heaven and hell combined a third of all jesus's parables are about money and his most misunderstood or potentially even purposely mistranslated parables are about money you know the parable of of the 10 talents, you know, most people think that that's about stewardship where Jesus is really clear that this is the story of an evil king. And, you know, the person who we think is the bad steward, he's actually the conscientious objector who, who didn't just give the money to the banksters to, to chart, to earn usury for his evil boss. This is not a story about the kingdom of God, Jesus, Jesus and money. It's so crazy how for some reason, Christians just we ignore everything that the Old Testament says and assume that now we're under grace, we can exploit the poor. Whereas, you know, okay, so like the Old Testament, for instance, it says, don't charge interest to fellow Jews. Well, Jesus comes along and he 
obliterates the Old Testament, not by deleting it, but by filling it up with love. So, for instance, if the Old Testament says, you know, don't uh, don't commit adultery, Jesus says, don't lust, because if you don't lust, you're never going to commit adultery. Right. Old Testament, don't kill. New Testament, don't hate. So when the Old Testament says, don't charge interest to fellow Jews, what's how does love fill up that command? Well, Jesus explicitly says, don't he says loan to anyone, including your enemies, and don't expect anything in return. Yeah. So he just like every economic law we see in the Old Testament assume that Jesus makes it worse. And by worse, I mean so much better for the poor. Yeah, exactly. I, I love the idea that he he doesn't delete it, he actually completes it. It's not deleted, yes. but completed. Um and we talked about this a little bit, but I want to go back because your last chapter is the God Josh. So what about, can you help us understand a little bit better? What about understanding his humanity actually helps us see him as the God that he really is? So Jesus is, you know, a lot of people today who aren't Christians will say like, I love Jesus, but I hate the church. I love Jesus, but I hate Christians, right? And fair enough, we're as evil yeah. as the next person without Jesus, right? And um, but but what's really fascinating is Jesus he he presents like a likable guy, but some of his sayings are really, really hard. Like he says, I have come with a sword to divide families, two against three and, and three against two, right. brothers against sisters and mothers and fathers and all this stuff. So what what does that mean? Like is Jesus really that divisive? And it turns out he he really is. The, the basic claim of Christianity, what does it mean to be a Christian? It is to believe that a dude named Josh, Josh, son of Joseph, Yehoshua, Jesus of Nazareth, is fully man and fully God. That That's what it means to be a Christian, that Jesus is the Christ, that he is God. If Jesus is not also God, if the resurrection didn't happen, if Jesus isn't God, then we are part of a death cult. When we celebrate communion, we're drinking blood and eating body like we are cannibals in a death cult. And that's super divisive. Every single person who has ever lived has to make a decision. They like when Jesus asked Peter, who do you say I am? And and there's so much speculation on who Jesus is. Is he a good human? Is he a great philosopher? Is he a politician? Is he just a nice rabbi? Is he a martyr for the cause of Israel? Or is he who he says he is? Is he God? And that's the question that we all have to answer. And by faith, some of us have said, we believe that he is God. And the rest of the world, Paul says, if if he isn't God, we are to be pitied above all people because we're crazy. Mm -hmm. And to think of that the God who is God actually chose to become a human being 100% like you and me. And that in itself is a whole other you know, conversation. Um, Jay, thank you so much for... Uh, for writing the book, for doing the work that you do, and for telling us about it today. It's my pleasure. That was a conversation I had with Jared Brock earlier this week. Jared Brock is the author of several books, including Bearded Gospel Men and A Year of Living Prayerfully. His latest book is A God Named Josh, Uncovering the Human Life of Jesus Christ, published by Bethany House. You can find out more at agodnamedjosh.com. Here now is Ali Aliyah with her new single, Auburn Skies. I'll be there just like I always said. So rest your worries, dear one, rest your head. All your memories that are soft and sweet. 
turn to rubble in our treasuries as gold is tested in fire. If you get close enough, you might get burned. But I will see your face and I will see you through. You know there's nothing I wouldn't do. I don't know how we got to where we are. The world was never ours, but it felt like it. Can you hold your breath forever? Will we ever be together? Here's time, where's it gonna go? It's alright. Can you hold 
That was Ali Alia with her new single, Auburn Skies. We first met Ali Alia in October 2018. She had just released her album, The Labyrinth, and as a follow-up to her 2015 album, Jealous Love. Since then, Ali has been writing and touring. She's a worship leader, speaker, and catechist, and has several new projects and recordings, including the songs that we've been listening to. And so to tell us more, I am very happy to welcome Ali Alia back to the Salt and Light Hour. Ali, welcome back. It's good to see you. Thank you so much. It's good to see you as well. So I know you've been busy, um, and I, I I feel like I start every interview this this year at least asking people how their pandemic years were. That how was that for you? Well, it's actually funny that you mentioned that right away because um, Auburn Skies, the song we just listened to, is one of the the things that came out of the pandemic. I it was challenging, you know. I think for everybody, we had to navigate a lot of uniqueness in that season of life, and we're still coming out of that, I guess. But um, throughout the whole thing, I was just really kind of surprised at, at um, how the Lord was giving me a lot of peace and inviting me to a place of gratitude in all that. And um, so this song, Auburn Skies, it kind of came out of, I was just like, I'm, I'm not a piano player, but I started like trying to play piano at my parents' house because I was quarantining with them. And from the piano, you could see the sunsets and the sunrises. It was just so gorgeous, like painting the sky, all these beautiful colors. And I was just kind of struck by what a gift this unique time is like totally like nothing going on aside from just being able to be together. And then um, there's there's a lot of like lines in the song that are like meaningful to me, but um, one in particular, because of the pandemic, I I wrote this song, this line, the world's press pause, but your heart still beats. Um, And I kind of interpreted that in light of everything shutting down, like, but Mm -hmm. continuing to move on and like the Lord's got us even in that and goodness can come out of that. But I had no idea how prophetic that would become for my family because on November 2nd, after I was done quarantining with my family, went home and um, my mom actually suddenly had, she went into sudden cardiac arrest. And um, so like that time, with my family was just so special for us all to be together like not knowing that this Mm -hmm. potentially really disastrous thing would happen to our family you know we never know when things like that are going to happen but um i just remember getting a call from my sister saying mom mom's heart's not beating so pray so i just dropped to my knees in my room and i started crying and i was praying to the lord and even in that like as like that disturbed like um fear of like what's going to go on i still had peace like even in that which was very strange um but turns out that the the paramedics they they delivered three shocks with a defibrillator Mm -hmm. they weren't sure they were going to be able to have enough power to deliver a fourth shock but thankfully they they had enough power and that's the shock that revived her oh wow they airlifted her to the hospital and we spent days there all together but like it's crazy how she she's completely fine. Like her Mm. brain functionality is all there. Like all the doctors, all of the surgeons are like, this doesn't happen. This is it. This, this doesn't happen. So it's like clearly a miracle. Um, so that's really cool because like that song, Auburn skies, like, even though I wrote it in that time of the pandemic, um, it really applied to our situation. And I, I just kind of, I hope that it applies to 
everyone's life to see like hope and and gratitude for the small gifts in life and the big gifts in life you know yeah absolutely it's amazing how god works that way that you know yeah. you, you think you're writing a song about one thing but it's actually preparing your heart for something else um although yeah. it sounds like that experience with your mom uh is lots of good uh fruit for for another song <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah totally the lord's always working in that so we'll see what happens so uh, is that how you write mostly do you, or do you do you set out to write or do you uh, keep keep open to inspirations in your daily life or are you inspired by scripture mm -hmm. how, what is your writing process yeah like every for me i think it also looks different for every artist but mm -hmm. for me um it kind of like inspirations come and yeah i like the word you used like just staying open to that mm -hmm. um I've tried to just sit down and write songs, but they're never very good if I do that. <laughs> and, right. yeah. Um, yeah, so just like kind of waiting for the inspirations to come at me and then like rolling with it. That's kind of how I go. Right. Um, I know you've been working with the Hallow app on a, on their Psalms project. Tell, tell us a little, little yeah. bit about that. Yeah, so um, for the past, I don't know how many years, I've been um, like playing mass, like mass music. Um, yes. And I began composing my own psalms. I mean, they're the scripture New written settings, psalms yes. for like every yes. Sunday. Um, but I started putting my own music to it um, back in college, I think, is when I started. And and then um, as you know, time went on, I started to like record them on voice memos on my phone, and just so I could remember them when they came around next right. time. Thing. Um, and people seemed to really love them, and. Um, yeah one one day hello they reached out and said we would love to do a project with you and and they listened to some of these psalms that i had composed and mm -hmm. um they wanted to do a project with me of like 10 psalms so oh wow got it all recorded and um went to chicago and and got to meet the staff there they're amazing oh, wonderful they're incredible incredible people um and it, i'm really excited to be able to to share this project with the world it's going to be like unique to the app like you can only access yes. thumbs through the app but yes um and I'm I'm so sure, excited. yeah it sounds wonderful i'm sure a lot of our listeners uh, uh are familiar with the app i remember we actually featured the app when they first first launched it oh, yeah. um a few years ago so now it's become a huge thing so it's great to to know that uh you people like you are being uh involved uh with that so there you go if people want to um listen to these psalms and and tons of other great stuff uh they should look for the hello app um and ali the other thing that i remember about you i mean of course you've done a lot of work with father mike schmitz who is also um very well known to our listeners um you get to go to the holy land with him i think that's super yeah. special so you're going back to on a pilgrimage to the holy land i am yeah i'm coming up really quickly here this actually is going to be a really exciting one i've been doing um i've been leading worship for the the holy land pilgrimages through jeff cabins and father mike yes. comes to the summer trips um for the past few years um well with the pandemic actually you know mm -hmm. got paused for a little while but um but yeah this one's going to be really special because father mike will be there jeff will be there as usual but um we're going to make it kind of a music fest style oh. so um, it'll be myself and then a friend of mine, Taylor Tripodi, who's another incredible. Okay, yes. Do you know Taylor? Yes, Have she's you... been on this program. Yes, awesome. of course. Yeah, she's amazing. And um, so she'll be coming. Wonderful. Um, she has a little baby too. She's yes, I was just going to say she she recently <laughs> had a baby. She got married a few years ago. Yes. Yeah. And then 
Um, another musician, Father John Klein, will be there as well. So we're all going to be giving concerts throughout Israel as well as worship music. And I think there's like eight buses full of, of wow. pilgrims that are going to be touring with us. We're going to sleep under the stars at a Bedouin camp. It's going to be incredible. Oh my so. gosh. Okay. But I presume that it's all sold out. So as people listening to it now, they can't join, right? Not this time, but Not this time. Um, but hopefully uh, for next year, it's, yes, that's wonderful. And and if people go to Ali's website, you, they'll be able to to find out when she's going again. Mm -hmm. um, I'm sure that through Jeff Cavins and Mike Schmitz, they can also find out when that's going to happen. Um, mm -hmm. Ali, I know that you've been super busy with, with the Psalms project and other things, and you're slowly chipping away writing singles hopefully yeah. an album maybe on the works yeah. yeah it's on the horizon where i've been um slowly releasing singles like auburn skies is one of them right. um can to another song mm -hmm. solstice and um i've got three more that are really close to being ready and i'm excited okay. to start um letting those be heard um but yeah eventually we'll compile them and put them on a full right. album good too. We'll have to uh, stay uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, very exciting. So we can bring you back on the program. Um, Ali, thank you so much. It's good to see you, to reconnect. Uh, tell us a little bit about what you're doing. And of course, to listen to your music. Um, and looking forward uh, to hearing more of that soon. So thank take care. God bless. Have fun in the Holy Land. Thank Enjoy. you. Thank you. Good chatting with you. You can learn more about Ali Aliyah at her website, ali-aliyah.com. And just to be sure, Aliyah is spelled A-L-E-I-G-H-A. I'm going to put that link on our website so you can find it easily. So just go to slmedia.org uh, slash podcast. Um, but it's ali-aliyah.com. Um, and when you go to her website, that's where you can purchase her music. You can book her for your next event and find out when she's off to a, another pilgrimage. Um, and if to listen to this interview again or to hear the rest of the program, you can come to our website, slmedia.org slash podcast. So here now to take us out is Ali Aliyah with her, one of her new singles, Waltz of the Traitor. Swept up in a rush When your eye caught mine It all happened so quickly it, it took a lifetime I've been grasping at light But it slips through my fingers All your goodness evades me And selfishness lingers But everything I thought I Fades like a shadow Flees from the rising sun Forbidden Choosing to roll on 
Still my wandering heart is home But everything I thought I We're listening to Ali Aliyah with her new single, Waltz of the Trader, and that will take us to the end of the program. Remember that the best place to listen to our show is at our website, slmedia.org slash podcast, but you can also listen to the Sultanite Hour anywhere you get your podcasts. You can also find me, Deacon Pedro, on your social media, and you can email me, pedro at slmedia.org. Thank you for being with us today. Let's continue to pray for each other and take care of each other. Let's continue to pray for peace for Russia and Ukraine and in so many places where there is conflict. And may you continue having a blessed Easter season. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this has been the Salt and Light Hour.